Thanks for tapping into The Shift is Real, a podcast where we have casual conversations about growth, discuss stories of personal transformation, and share moments of insight. I'm your host, Tiffany Wright. I'm so grateful to have you on this journey and excited to talk about these shifts. So let's get into it, y'all. Please be advised, explicit language may be used. Hey, y'all. Thanks again for tapping into The Shift is Real. I'm your host, Tiffany Wright. And as always, I'm so grateful to share this space with you. Today, I have a special, special guest. Oh my gosh, I just get cheesy and really excited just even thinking of her. Oh, somebody that I love so much. Um, She is, oh my gosh, she literally is like a spark of light. Like she is so passionate about creating sparks in this world and facilitating sparks in this world. And she really, really is that. She's a friend. She's a sister. She's a confidant. Uh, She's been a business coach. She is a supporter of myself and my dreams um, in so many ways. And I'm so grateful to have her on today. Her name is Rachel Rosen. She's amazing. She's a seasoned facilitator, a diversity, equity, and inclusion practitioner, and the founder of Spark. She believes that everyone's story matters and that one conversation at a time, we can spark change for the next generation. With a master's from Stanford, hey now, as well as extensive training in leadership and organizational development, Rachel's approach is grounded in theory, practice, and a commitment to anti-racism. She and her team have support teams to come together across racial, gender, sexual identity, and cultural differences, engaging in complex conversations about DEI and bias in order to foster equitable conditions for all. Y'all want y'all to give it up for my sis, Rachel. (laughs) You are so sweet. I can't even handle it. I love you so much. I love you too. I love you too. And one thing I love about our con- our our just relationship in general is that um, beyond just like this the tenderness and the gentleness and the love and support, like we can talk about spirit and intention and purpose and impact all day, and yeah. and you know you're one of the people that really or having the type of conversations that we have is one of the reasons why I really wanted to start this podcast because these are normal conversations for me, like talking about growth and transformation um, and talking about what we're going to be talking about today, purpose. Like it's normal for for me, like it's normal for us. And it's not normal for for a lot of people to just be sitting and talking about these things. And so for you, like, I mean, tell me about your your pathway to just like connecting with your purpose. There's clearly a lot of highly impactful things that you do, but like what did that path look like in just 
connecting to these notions of what you should be doing or what your giftings are that you can share with the world? Mm. What would that pathway look like? Mm-hmm. Ma'am. Well, I just have to say before I answer the question, like I feel so honored and humbled to hear those words, you know, and to know that I've had a part of, like, I just feel like I've been one of the loudest and biggest cheerleaders for everything that you've done. I feel so honored to be connected. And I think it's just, it's a beautiful gift when you have a relationship in your life that's so intersectional, that really crosses like friendship and professional and spiritual and and health and emotion. Like we've just really connected on so many different frequencies and I always right. just feel so much gratitude for our just the, the way that we can do that and that's just such a gift um so thank is. you for, thank is. you yeah thank you <laughs> yeah no it is and it's like I think we're on this a similar journey in the sense that around the same time in these past five years I would say we've had growth spurts professionally we've had growth spurts spiritually and emotionally and all these different things. And we've happened to, our paths have happened across on some of those pathways. And I think the way in which we're like, oh, right, this isn't, I've had a lot of the same awakenings of like, oh, this isn't, this isn't the default for other people. Okay. I need to deconstruct this a little bit and, and break it down so we can bring this conversation to more people. And I just feel like it's such a gift when you open the door for others to join you because you have such a gift to share with the world. And I'm so thankful that this is out there now because it's like, you know, it's another, it's a spark, you know, it's a way for people to absorb some of that light that we desperately need in the world. So um, yeah, my hat goes off to you for following that light and taking the leap of faith because it really is about these little baby leaps of faith that I believe that get us in these places, right? Mm. But even, I mean, even the notion of light, like a lot of people may not even know <laughs> what that means, right? Like I'm using light, you're using light. And I think that because we're people that have, as you're saying, like been on a journey of exploration and introspection, like there are experiences that you have that go beyond the senses. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you have these, like metaphysical experiences, um, multi-sensory experiences that allow you to connect to like a deeper sense of consciousness or a higher sense of enlightenment when it comes to existence and being. Right. And so for mm-hmm. me, when you say light, I it is a very metaphysical thing. It is like something that you can't see. It is frequency. It is energy. It is vibes. Um, it is something that feels pure. And, you know, I think for myself as someone who, um, you know, pretty, I mean, to a sense was raised Christian, um, like I had a different connection with like the understanding of spirituality as a younger person. And then as I got older, I could see a connection uh, of just beingness, so to speak, across different people, people, different backgrounds, different beliefs. And so my understanding of light became like this pure energy that people have. And for myself, I began to ask, okay, well, 
how do I engage with that peer energy to share with other people or to give to other people? And that for me is how I connected to what purpose meant. Like, what is my source of vesselship that I could tap into to share that light, to share that pureness, to share that that energy? Um, mm-hmm. For you, what what does your understanding of light come from? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a really interesting. It's it's interesting to hear you share all that because I think you said it so beautifully and and with so many fancy words that I hadn't really thought about. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I'm like, but I'm like, in my core, I think the the light, you know, for me is about hope it's about um Mm -hmm. aligning alignment um when we have intention and impact intersect something magical happens and so i think a lot of people walking around with a lot of intentions um and for people that know me and and know my work i'm obsessed with being intentional and the word intentionality and intention because I talk about something called the intention gap all the time. It's a gap between what we think we, what our intentions look like realized, but we don't oftentimes give ourselves time, space, and the energetic uh, container to really explore those things. And so, you know, for me, your first question was like, what was my path to, to purpose? And I think it was a really messy fumble like I fumbled my way through it like it wasn't perfect it wasn't linear it wasn't like this golden arch you know clear pathway it was like oh okay I know what it feels like to be out of alignment so let me not have that in my life let me try to find more I know what it doesn't look like and so I think Mm. the past 10 years have really been me searching to to amplify what my hunch was about what what it is you know and so I think I'll always be a work in progress on that because I think I'll always be adjusting and refining and like I imagine myself at like a at a DJ table or something like I gotta kind of move the different like frequencies to be like a little bit more of this a little bit less of that a little bit more of this okay this changed but we need to adjust that you know yeah that's kind of the first thing that came to my mind yeah, and I mean, even with that, it what come up in my spirit is like what you said that it was kind of messy, or you know, it took time to get there, and there was no clear pan, clear plan, and oftentimes, you know, when a person might get to let's say a place of like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and you know, once they if they have opportunity to attend high school um, or, you know, that that level of education, they decide like, okay, what do I, what am I going to do next? And there's some people that, you know, do whatever they have to do next to continue to survive if that's their circumstances. And then there's people who might start thinking like, okay, I'm transitioning into adulthood. So what do I want for my life? Mm-hmm. And the question of like, what do I want for my life or what do I want to have um, oftentimes pushes people into like jobs or careers or, you know, businesses, opportunities to say the least, um, Mm -hmm. to be able to create the life that they want. But Mm -hmm. just because you're 
falling into a pathway for career, it doesn't matter if you go through higher education or not, you're thinking about the life you want. You're not right. thinking right. about, um, that's not the same thing as connecting to your purpose. Right. 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 And right. so the life you want, like, oh, I want these material possessions or I want to be able to go here and do this and, you know, uh, create this type of lifestyle is a thing that when you're younger often drives you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. understanding like there is a journey to connecting to purpose, I think is like really important. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's just coming to, up for me from what you said, because I mean, asking a five-year-old what's your purpose, <laughs> asking a 15-year-old what's your purpose, and maybe even asking a 25-year-old what's your purpose mm-hmm. is not going to necessarily get an answer. Like, there's going to be an answer around, like, what I like doing, what my skill set is, what I want to do, uh, what I want to make money from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and none of those things have to be connected to purpose. Like, they could be, but they mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to be. And oftentimes, if you are a person that has more of a focus in setting intention around connecting to yourself in spirituality and, you know, uh, things that allow you to express your highest sense of self, mm-hmm. um, it is a messy road to mm-hmm. understanding not only yourself, but like, what's the meaning for your life and why yeah. are you here and what you can bring forth in this world. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, my journey has been, you've had, we've just had this gift of, you know, for the folks who are listening who don't know this, like this is such a beautiful relationship. Tiffany officiated my wife and I's wedding. <laughs> like that, you've seen it all. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> I'm officiating. I'm officiating. Hey. Um, <laughs> but, but you've seen all the ways that like my quest for purpose has played out. Yes. And you've seen how serious I take it. You know, I don't take words lightly. And I think right. it's because it's it's like purpose. Our purpose shows itself to us in some of the darkest times. And I think we yeah. connect them back to light, right? Like it's, it's usually yes. when I'm in a place of pain or struggle that I'm like, it's a breakdown, break open, breakthrough kind of thing. Yes. It's like, I can't, I, you know, this wait, is when we wait, start to see. Wait, break <laughs> down, break open, break through. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just, I just had to repeat that because that was like real good. Go ahead, sis. Go ahead. I'm going to come back to it. Go ahead. Because the break open part is key. A lot of people say break down, break through. And I'm like, well, wait, but between those two steps, something magical happened that was really messy. And we don't right. want to talk about that part when it breaks open and you Ooh. see all the, you know, the egg cracks and you're like, Ooh, oh, that was, you know, that was not what yes. I was expecting it to feel like. And that's, yes. that's not possible. <laughs> oh my gosh, right now, I feel like I'm being exposed. <laughs> I love you. I love you. So no, much. no. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Okay, keep going. Mm-hmm. This is bringing up a lot. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, but I think it's like, so a lot of my work um, as a, you know, so personally and professionally, from a personal place, like my, my quest these past 10 years has been to bridge, like we have been conditioned in society, especially in a lot of our educational institutions, of which 
I attribute a lot of my success. Don't get me wrong. Like a lot of who I am today is because of my education. But at the same time, the double-edged sword with education is I think we have been conditioned to compartmentalize, right? And to think like, oh, okay, well, you can have professional purpose over here and then personal purpose over here. But we don't mm-hmm. see a lot of people like leading by example and saying, no, 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 this is what it looks like to be an integrated person. Right. Um, and I think my work as a DEI practitioner doing diversity, equity, inclusion work and facilitating conversations about bias, especially these past 10 years, has been to really untangle how white supremacy is alive in all of that. And so it's like detoxing some of the ways in which some of the, you know, my earliest self when I was a teacher or a school leader, when I first started out as the teacher, I had my personal life and my professional life. And I didn't oftentimes talk to my students about like all the things that really lit me up and and, like made me human (laughs) because it was like Mm. transactional experience my first year teaching. And it was so hard for me. This is one of those moments where I had to break down and break open because I'm like, this isn't working. I was trained to do this thing and the resource guide, the teacher guide and the things that I was told would work. This isn't working, you know, and like, this is my purpose. I'm supposed to be a teacher and I'm terrible. Like I felt so disconnected and my students were like that first year was the hardest year that I, you know, I just went through so many like emotional breakdowns of like Mm -hmm. I've trained for this and these students won't listen to me what am I doing wrong what's wrong with me right and the biggest part Mm -hmm. that I was leaving out was I hadn't been whole with them like I hadn't shown them my vulnerable sides and been human and talked about my passions as much as I would outside of school right and so that was my biggest my my students were my first teachers about purpose because they taught Mm -hmm. me for better, for worse. Like, if you don't tell us who you are, we're not going to listen to you. We're not going to trust you. We don't even care about you. Like, don't, especially as a white woman, right? Like working in East Oakland at the time. So there was a lot that I had to learn and unlearn in those early years about who I am and what does it mean to be an educator, right? Um, It's more than a credential. Yeah. And I mean, just getting, I mean, Oh, that that breakout piece, um, I think is so pivotal because you're right. Those and and I think about it like those times where there was a lesson being learned mm-hmm. or being reiterated in my life that felt like pain, that felt like hurt, that felt like shame, that felt like embarrassment, that felt like anger, that felt like what is going on. Um, Those are moments that once I was able to move past them and collect whatever, you know, knowledge I I needed to collect, those those are the, the moments, those are the lessons that actually became a part of the work that I do. Right. right? They became those were the building blocks to me understanding my purpose um, and connecting so much of my pain to purpose, so much of my loss to purpose, so much of my uh, own evolution to purpose and being able to understand like how important it is for me to create safe spaces for people to connect to their whole selves, Mm -hmm. you know, and those, 
I mean, even just as you were talking, I just kind of had like all these like emotional flashbacks, just kind of like not even play visually, but I just feel them in my gut. Like mm-hmm. all these times that felt like I didn't feel safe or that mm-hmm. I didn't have a voice or that I didn't have a sense of clarity about who I was or what was going on. And like now being able to walk in this very integrated intersectional fullness across all dimensions of my life, that being something that I'm so passionate about creating a safe space for people to just fucking be and exist. Um, it, it consumes my life and, and not in a way of obligation and not in a way of duty, but just in a way of this is my means of existence, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it comes up in my professional uh, capacity. It comes up in my personal relationships. It comes up in my relationship for myself. And you're right that that breakout piece is something that um, a lot of folks don't pay attention to because they're just trying to get through the discomfort and not Mm -hmm. really taking a step back to, to connect to what can I see in myself or what can I learn from this discomfort? Exactly. Yeah. No, and it's like, (laughs) it's all that. And I think, I hope that, you know, we can have more, um, like, I think we're, we're in a place as in humanity where we're, we're not seeing people take time to self-reflect as much as we used to, you know, slowing down and pausing before posting or saying something. It's like, there's just this instant gratification culture. Yes. And this is, it's, it's dangerous, I think, because oh we have in those spaces in between the noise that we actually, if we have some, some, and, and it may not be in the moment. Like, I'm not going to lie. When I think about it, my first year teaching, I was 22 years old. I didn't have this self-reflection muscle that I have here. I, of course it it didn't hit right. me until like a couple, it wasn't like, oh, thank you for teaching me that life purpose lesson. Right. I'm going to go, you know, it didn't look exactly. that way. It was really messy. It was like the path was revealing itself little, little by little. I still couldn't see my way through. Four years later, I'm like, okay, I think this is closer to where I'm supposed to be. Let me go right. do a master's. Okay, let me go do school leadership. Is this the path? And it was like slowly revealing itself to me. But it, um, I think everybody can relate to the fact that like, Man, those moments where we feel the most, to your point, like we don't feel successful, we don't feel super safe, we don't feel a sense of belonging, we don't feel clear about like, are we really maximizing? Are we really, is this really what we're supposed to be up to? Like we know those moments intuitively when there's just something off. And if we we as a collective could have more capacity, because we all have the, we all have the skill if we want it, if we have the capacity and the space to really slow down and say like what are these signs trying to teach me what am I supposed to learn from this exactly if it it feels out of alignment what what's that about and where 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 am I feeling it and and who do I admire that that has more alignment and what could I learn from them right I think it's like the slow very unlinear journey both pressure personally and professionally, like the, right. I gave a, a professional example, but the, the same ones are true in my personal life. Absolutely. And you know, y'all, I mean, and I want to say this because I, I talk about this a lot. Um, and I know that a lot of friends that I have talk about it a lot. So y'all will hear it on the podcast often. Um, this notion of 
what can I learn from this moment? And so that is not the same thing as making the statement like everything happens for a reason or like you needed this to happen or whatever, because I think that that can depending on your life and your circumstances that can come off very like masochist like it can come off very dangerous as if like people deserve to be tortured or abused or oppressed or like they needed that to be whatever they were or whatever they could be and that's not the same message what we're saying is you know when circumstances happen pain is going to happen loss is going to happen um you know uh, suffering is going to happen. That's a part of the human condition. There's no way of getting away from it. And depending on where you are, what systems you're raised into, um, you know, what surrounds you, there are going to be different things that cause different suffering in your life. And it doesn't make it good or bad, right or wrong. Um, there are injustices that exist. And it doesn't mean like because you experience an injustice, you know, like that, that's supposed to be a part of your life. Like, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about taking a step back and from a place of empowerment, like connecting to how you can find and or create meaning, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another part of intentionality is like, what do you want to focus on? What do you want to cultivate? What do you want to create? Um, because in a system that takes away so much power just for you being born and being you and being looking a certain way and having, you know, certain health status and skin complexion and, you know, all types of things that impact how people treat us and see us, um, response is everything, right? Like you being able to, to connect to a sense of agency, even when you are stripped away of of powers, even when you are stripped away of a lot of privileges, um, you know, it's possible to connect to a sense of meaning. Doesn't mean that you ask for the life. Doesn't mean you ask for the hurt. Doesn't mean you would quote unquote attracted it, right? But like suffering is a part of the human condition and, um, for those who seek a path of enlightenment, uh, you can always learn from your suffering if you choose to. That's such a good point because I think it's around um, it's a it's a layer just the connection to the systemic and institutional ways in which oppression and racism and homophobia and all the phobias and isms play out. Those are external factors that impact our internal well being. And so right. the question for me around this purpose is how when we make choices and when we do have influence and control and we find ourselves in these moments yes. where we chose a path and it yes. wasn't what we thought it was going to be yes. or we weren't as successful as we thought we were going to be those are those moments that I think yes. have a lot to teach us so I appreciate the, the clarifying on that one and just the deepening of that because it is it's a complex it's a complex topic talking about pain and learning from pain when there's so much yeah. pain in the world. And I think a lot right. of people don't have the bandwidth, quite frankly, to, to oh, slow yeah. down. And that's a real thing. Yeah, because I mean, you know, finding purpose in pain also means like you have to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Right. And 
um, that that can be really, really difficult. You know, someone who experiences any type of abuse in a family upbringing or in a romantic relationship, that person may not want to be going around telling everybody like, this is part of my experience, right? Like, so why the fuck do I want to find purpose in that, right? Um, But it's like, okay, that that's not what it means, right? Like finding purpose or finding meaning in your experience is, is not that it's, it's asking questions like in what ways can I create a sense of wholeness from this experience that um, as unfortunate as it was that I was able to survive. Right. Right. Um, Because everyone doesn't even survive experiences like that. And you're, your survival, however cruxed it may have been, um, gives you a, a an opportunity to do something with time and space, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what do you want to do with that time and space? Is it, you know, in some capacity, uh, sharing the dangers or importance of, or like what it means to protect yourself or be safe or create a sense of safety for other people. Like that's all up to you, but it's also not just like, oh, I experienced this pain. And then, so my purpose has to be completely directly related to it. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. the insight that you get from the experiences that you have, they can be the building blocks or pave the road that leads you, like you said, um, to your purpose, right? Like there's a lot of things that you said you you experience that led you to the place that you are. It wasn't just a, like a, I wake up and whoop, here it goes, right? Like right, there's right, a lot right. of learning, unlearning, deconstructing. There's a lot of experiences that happen that continue to um, give you clarity. And, Mm -hmm. and so the concept of understanding like the path to purpose is for surely like a journey. It's for Mm -hmm. surely a journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's, I I wholeheartedly agree. And I think it's about um, what that's looked like is learning to develop a really close relationship with my intuition, right? Yeah, and, and it, it required learning. Like I had to learn how to trust the voice inside of me because society yes. for so long had given these messages that I had absorbed or I had internalized or I self-imposed my own narratives about myself and what it looks like to be successful, yes. trying to be like whatever everybody else. And so it took me a long Ooh. time to figure out like, oh, that's that's what that is. That's an intuition. Yeah. Well, hello, I'm Rachel. I'm 29 yeah. years old. Like I don't. Yeah. Where do I start? You know. Yeah. Is no, that, I mean that that and and just even, gosh, I mean, whether I mean, it's related to us bringing up light, bringing up purpose, but even intuition is something that can be so difficult for people to um, connect to because. Being able to connect to your intuition means that you have to fucking be still. Right. And you have to understand what trust looks like, like trusting yourself. Um, Because, yes, suffering is a part of the human condition. You know, it's not possible to get through this world without someone um, not hurting you or disappointing you or making you angry or, you know, 
even betraying you. And so when we go through these experiences, even though it's other people doing shit to us, for some reason, we fucking internalize that and we turn mm-hmm. on ourselves. Like we mm-hmm. can't trust ourselves mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the actions that other people did, right? And so right. when you develop these challenges uh, of trusting yourself, it's really hard for you to know the difference between intuition and fear. Right, right. And then on the stillness piece, um, it's hard for you to connect to this inner voice if you're always just going, 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 doing, 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 and often being impacted by just like external voices and opinions and perspectives mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So right. even taking the time or having the the process and journey of connecting to your intuition that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole mm-hmm. nother ball game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I my my hunch is I I don't think that you can have purpose without intuition. I agree. And I, I don't know agree. if you can have a strong relationship with your intuition without a commitment to healing. Because you know, and like yeah. those. They come hand in hand because I yeah. spent years, five years in therapy, healing from some hard stuff that I went through. And I went to every kind of healer that I could find to understand why was I in so much pain? I yeah. couldn't figure it out. Right. And this was a really, at the time it wasn't fun, but I wasn't, I had to release. It was like, I had no other option, but to figure out what was going on. And so I think that that commitment, even though it wasn't like in clear language, like we're talking now at the time, it was just this fire inside of me that was like, you got to do something. And, and, and I'm trying to teach you that this is your intuition, but if you can't heal first, we're not going to be able to work with you kind of thing, you know? Yeah. No, and that's so, true. That's kind of how it played out for me. Yeah. I mean, because, um, oh my gosh, there's so much in that. Um, the healing piece is 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 important because when we experience pain, if we don't have the tools to release it, our body holds on to it. Yeah. And if our body holds on to it, our mind holds on to it, it informs how we move and make decisions, you know. Um, and if you've had experiences where you've experienced a lack of safety, um, or experience a lack of protection, um, regard, respect, uh, nurturing, um, you're, you're going to live from a place of like survival and deficit, right? And so you're always going to be looking at, well, what is the best decision that I can do so that I can survive? What is the best decision that I can do or make um, so I can get the most? And so Instead of intention, you're focusing on survival. Instead of intention, you're focusing on avoiding deficit and getting the most that you can, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not, that is not intention, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's not intuition. Um, intuition uh, reveals to you what is best for you, mm-hmm. not based on deficit and not based on survival. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. until you heal those parts of you that very much connect to deficit or survival, um, 
it's going to be really hard to connect to intuition. Mm -hmm. And so that you bring up how essential healing is, I think is, is, is such an amazing, amazing point. Cause it's, it's all connected. It really Mm -hmm. very much is all connected. Mm -hmm. Um, The intuition and the purpose piece girl. Yes. (laughs) And I feel like the, the thing that, um, like if I would have heard you say this, you know, 10 years ago, I would have started to get antsy when you started talking about stillness. Cause for me, stillness was really hard. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you mean stillness? Like I just picture this like meditation, Zen room, no noise, no distractions, no, you know, anything. And in my, in my previous narrative, it was like that, that just doesn't work for me. Right. But, yeah. but what, I, what I've learned is, and this is again learning to trust the intuition and turning down the noise of like what everybody else thinks I think especially as women there's a lot of comparison that happens and so you think like oh well this person's doing that I should probably do that right and it's so messy because it's back to your point like if your survival brain is triggered then you're you're comparing but you actually think it's your intuition talking and it gets all twisted and you're like you think you're hearing yourself but you're actually hearing the noise because you're trying to be a good person. And that that was me, at least, right. And so mm-hmm. it, it took me time to figure out like, okay, there's not one right way to do this. Like, for me, stillness shows itself when I'm out on a walk in nature, or when I'm on a run, or when I take time to journal or paint or like, it, it still is an act for me, it's an act of, of stilling my brain down. But it's right. Still, it's interesting. I'm not like sitting still as much, even now, you know, I do have some short meditation that I do, but it's still, I still am that same person that gets antsy being literally still, still for too long. And so I've had to learn to find my own way through stillness and to learn that there's not just one way to attain the internal stillness. It's, it's about like really trusting that there are different pathways for this. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, I talk about rest and stillness a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I feel like people are disconnected from themselves because there's so much distraction mm-hmm. and there's so much movement, right? Mm-hmm. When you're in a place like the U.S. and, you know, I mean, our, our system is is capitalistic, right? So capitalism is all about um, supply and demand. Mm-hmm. It's all about productivity. It's all about profitability. It's about competition. The, these are the foundations of a capitalistic economic system. Like that's just how it is. So adding on the other layers, right? Um, the institutionalized oppression, um, all of the gender, uh, sexuality, ableism, uh, you know, like all the layers of these extra dynamics that impact it um, really clearly impact different different people in different ways. But the thing that everybody experiences to a degree is go, 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 work, work, work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, My value is determined by my productivity. My safety is determined by my productivity. My ability to survive is determined by my productivity. So Mm -hmm. with you being socialized and 
and connecting so much of your life to productivity, that also equates to always doing something, always moving. So you just don't know how to be still because you are socialized to continuously do something, but you're always doing something. How can you connect to your body? How can you connect to your emotions? How can you connect to your intuition? It's just so hard. So Mm -hmm. being still is, yeah, like, you know, stepping away from the distractions or not doing work or finding quiet time because then all the things that your brain takes in as stimuli impacts you and your perception and your awareness of yourself or lack of awareness of yourself, your ability to connect with yourself, or it increases disconnection with yourself, right? Mm -hmm. As much as you watch TV, listen to, you know, uh, media, watch social media, scroll through social media, whatever, like the music you listen to, the conversations you have, so much can distract you um, and disconnect you from yourself that Mm -hmm. having the ability to create time for stillness is the thing that silences all the noise and the Mm -hmm. chaos so that you can hear your own voice or connect to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Because it's hard otherwise. It's so hard. And we can't do it without those boundaries. And I think there there isn't a lot of like, I mean, there's more now, but when I was, you know, in my twenties or even early thirties, I feel like I didn't have a lot of examples of strong women leaders who were setting clear boundaries, walking in their purpose, living with integrity, you know, um, taking time for stillness. Like I didn't, I still, I mean, I can't count a lot of close, you know, folks who like are on global stages, who are like modeling the way, who are leading by example here. And so in a lot of ways we have to figure it out as we go and we have to learn okay, it's okay. You know, I took a couple months off all social media and it was the best thing that I could have done for my family at that time. And those, those, that boundary really helped us clarify and crystallize some really important stuff for my wife and I, for our, for our home. And it was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to take some time off of this because we see that it's actually just distracting just enough to where it's so subtle that it's like, you know what, let's just turn down the noise for a little bit and let's, let's tap back into this, this, center you know um yeah. that's one small example of like that it doesn't mean everybody needs to get off social media but it's like finding that balance when we feel we're out a little bit out of this kind of in sync with what's moderation and what's like a healthy balance of uh energizing versus draining that's yeah. when we start to see like okay now I can move closer toward my purpose again it's like paving the path literally while you're sometimes in the dark or you're on a mountain and you don't know what's left and right, but you know that you don't want to go backwards. Mm. Listen, you know, when you start bringing natural elements, elements of nature in here, (laughs) that, that does a thing. Thank you so much. I think that that is uh, a great note to end on. And I just like want to reiterate some, really powerful um, points that you made. I mean, especially at the last piece of talking about balance um, and really being able to take a step back and look at things as they exist and understand like everything that exists is leading you uh, down your path, right? Like that's so important, understanding that the journey to 
being aware of your purpose um, looks different for everyone. You know, for some people, it can be really clear early in life. And for other people, you know, it is the, ex the experiences over the lifetime that brings them to that place of clarity, understanding like the importance of healing, understanding that, um, you know, the, this piece that you said about intuition and purpose being connected, um, but also understanding like healing impacts your ability to experience your connection to your intuition, um, the importance of finding balance and creating rest, whatever that looks like for you is really important. And I mean, I think something that we didn't necessarily talk about, but it kind of came up in our uh, just affirming each other is like the kind of people that you surround yourself around, they hold up mirrors for you, they can encourage you, they can support you. And they also can help nurture um, your connection to your purpose, right? Absolutely. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, we were yeah. focusing kind of more on the internal yeah. lovers and internal tools. But that's, I mean, I would not be where I am if it wasn't for the people around me. I think that is absolutely a really important thing to end on because it's like who you choose to surround yourself really, really dictates where that path goes because you need really? someone else to hold a shovel every once in a while. And yeah. like, are the people Oof. on the path with you? gonna roll up their sleeves with you when it gets hard you know and that yeah. that's like and who who's like 10 steps ahead of you on the mountain those are the people yeah. I want on my path too right people yes. who are like cheering the people behind them on like all that stuff yep. matters and I truly yep. wouldn't have I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for my community for my incredible sisters and friends and my beautiful wife and amazing like spiritual sisters like you, I just, I truly tr am so clear about that, that there's some, we all have this internal power and light and right. yes, it, if it's not in service of something, it's not, it's it's just, you know, what is it then, right? And so yeah. I'm so, so grateful for that because community is everything. Yes, I mean, for sure, for sure. And just reflecting the exact same sentiments. Thank you so much, sis, for coming on. I love you and I appreciate you so much. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. I love our conversations because it just, I learn something new every time and I walk away thinking like, huh, I never thought about it that way, but that was just so right on. Like it just, thank you for, for being that spark for me because you oftentimes like prime my brain to be able to think in the ways that I need to think. So you just, you're the best. I love you so much. Connect to them, okay? Seek to shift, seek to grow, seek to be you. Make sure that you like, follow, share, subscribe, all the stuff, leave a comment, leave a review, and just hope that you move forward in your day, in your week, in groundedness and security, and maybe having the intention to connect to your purpose. Until next time, y'all, be well.
Well, y'all, that's the end of today's episode. I hope that you got something from it. Thank you so much for your support. Please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, share this with a friend. I am accessible via my website, www.livethebelife.com. You can feel free to shoot me an email. If you want to subscribe to my newsletter, I send out newsletters once or twice a month. I'm on Instagram and Twitter handle at the T-H-E underscore B-E underscore life. Also have a Facebook page. All my products are available online on Amazon, but they're also listed on my website. Hope that you move forward in your day, in your week, feeling connected to yourself and grounded. Hope that you just stay aware of the shifts that are going on within and around you because they're always happening. Don't forget, seek to shift, seek to grow, seek to be you. Until next time, be well.